You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. Got to see you guys this past weekend on the baseball diamond. How y'all feeling? Y'all good? I well, am, Dan was Dan was giving I am me battered and all, bruised. Dan was giving me all kinds of grief. Um what? so I wasn't able to make it to the swamp. Um, I've been dating my fiance for four and a half years, and this is a the first meeting of the parents. Um and her parents were running late, and I was like, I'm not about to have my parents and her parents be at the house by themselves, uh, so I need to be here to chaperone this meeting. That's right. So I missed the swamp, and then Dan texts me at baseball. He's like, yeah, I don't think you'll come down here. And I'm like, all right. We're, we're, walking, <laughs> down. we're walking down the right field. <clears throat> um, but that was a good time. Uh, the baseball team put on a fireworks show. Uh, yes, Dan sir. and Silk were giving uh, poor Zach Levinson – Absolute hell. And right giving now. business. I was just the ad lib in the, in the backup in hype man for Dan. Dan Dan was in his bag of that uh, giving that right field of hell, man. Um, yeah, number nine. Right no, number nine. We uh, first off, shout out to everybody that that uh, that swung by. Got to hang out with uh, Ben Chase for a while. Alec, let's see, Jacob Ames, Velo, a uh, bunch of fans around the stadium. Matt Walton uh, said hello. Silk, I know you are. We're walking around for a little bit, and you said you felt like a celebrity. So that was uh, a lot of that love was in awesome. the building, man. A lot of love in the building. Shout out to everybody that that Dan mentioned that pulled up, and also they, that right fielder got a lot of action on Friday night. I don't know if you guys are watching the game, but they gave him a lot of uh, fielding to do. I would say. So baseball definitely the runs, lots of runs, yeah, lots, of, lots runs, of runs. Man. Uh, that, that number nine, I think over the course of, I think it was the third inning, fourth inning, uh, he had five or, or six straight balls either hit his way or plays that he was involved in. Uh, and he had one where he short hopped it to the second baseman. Got to throw a little bit more effort into the ball. You know, you're a scholarship right. athlete. Uh, you know, your team's depending on you. You're in an important position. You short hop it to second field or uh, to the second baseman. And then the next play, uh, was a ball, a fly ball out that that he caught, and then he overthrew the second baseman, uh, and then just kind of lackadaisical effort for Mr. Levinson across the board. We had to let him know it's one of those sports that you can absolutely uh, know that you're impacting. There was a there's a spot I think in the fourth or fifth inning where he turned around, looked directly at my direction. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Direction, uh, we were giving him hell out there, but I, I think we uh, I think we had him in his mind a little bit. You know, was was like a- things. It's like a basketball player at the free throw line. You know, if you hit the front rim on your first shot, uh, big chance that you hit the back rim on your back one, trying to give it a little too much. So he short hopped the short hopped the uh, his cutoff man, and then and then airmailed him. Yep. Dude, baseball gets crazy quiet at some points, right? So it's like in between pitches or what batters or whatever, and it's 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 like uh, quiet. You can hear a church mouse, and Dan just screams out. Nine, get it together. <laughs> it's getting together. Now we let the team down. <laughs> You're letting the team down. So, uh, hey, look, that's that's not that's not trash talk, Dan. That was words of encouragement. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't want him to feel like the the two losses they have on the weekend were all on him, but I also didn't want to feel like that they weren't potentially going to be on him if he didn't get his <laughs> mind back in the game. So, uh, hey, number nine. 
That, great that life game. wallet, maybe maybe that life wallet's a little too heavy in your back pocket, nine. <laughs> good day, man. I enjoy myself, man. Uh, we had a good time out there. But again, shout out to everybody that uh, that came up, met us uh, at the Swamp Restaurant <laughs> at the game. Uh, Gators, do you take that series? We'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, two games to one, but they had 22,830 people uh, in attendance this weekend. It was an attendance record, and that includes on uh, on Saturday, where I know there was a rain delay and, and weather wasn't great uh, in Gainesville. So congratulations to uh, the boys in orange and blue for their series victory over Miami. And then uh, thank you, everybody, that came out and enjoyed the baseball uh, game. So we got a lot to talk about this week. We got NFL draft. We got spring practice. We got three guests. We got Tim Moore uh, from View Studio and Diamond View Production CEO. A good buddy of mine. Uh, we've got Colin Castleton joining us today, and then we've got gymnast Leah Clapper joining the show as well. Uh, so before we get on to the show, uh, we do want to thank our presenting sponsor, Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. If you are looking for boaters, life, car, rental, business, life planning, whatever it might be, insurance, give Alan a call. Uh, or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. It's going to be 706-692-2888. Again, allenhorninsurance.com. Again, for all of your insurance needs in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama. Uh, gentlemen, let's get on with the show. NFL Draft Combine was this weekend. Uh, obviously, Anthony Richardson was the star of the weekend, uh, putting up some gaudy numbers. Uh, but uh, Silk, Nick, did you guys get the chance to watch any of that uh, Combine this weekend? Yeah. Not live, uh, but I checked it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, that, that was the job. <laughs> so I was watching that. You know, I had the Combine pulled up. Um at the baseball at the baseball field Saturday, uh, was watching Anthony, and I mean this is this is what this podcast has been saying probably since what November. Like Anthony yeah. Richardson is going to raise some eyebrows, open some eyes at, at the combine. Um, knew that he was fast. Um, I had talked to uh, his manager, um, and I was telling his manager, "Hey, I, th I think Anthony's going to go down to like 220, so he'll run faster at the combine." He goes, "Oh, mm -hmm. he weighs 250 now." Yes, sir. I'm like, "Why would you do that?" They go, "Well, he ran a 44 laser today." And I go, "Okay, that, that's why you would do that. If you're still running a 44 at 250, then why not?" Um, but he shows up to the combine bigger than Cam, runs faster than Cam, yep. jumps higher than anyone's ever jumped at, at his position, jumps farther than anyone's ever jumped. Like the combine was made for the kind of freaky athlete that, that Anthony Richardson is. Yeah, let's run through that. Anthony Richardson clocks in six foot four, 232 pounds, uh, 32 and three quarter inch arm length and 10 and a half uh, inch hand size for those that are interested in that kind of information. But 40 yard dash runs one time, unofficial 444, comes in at 4.43 seconds, uh, which is the fastest time of this combine and I believe the second fastest in history. Uh, he does not participate in the bench press or has a vertical jump of 40.5 inches, which is first in this combine for quarterbacks. And then a broad jump of 129 inches, uh, which is 10 feet, nine inches, which was also first did not run in the three cone drill or the 20 yard shuttle, uh, but did throw uh, flicking the wrist 
throwing the ball 50, 60 yards in the air looked great uh, in throwing the ball as well at the combine. So I think that hype for Anthony Richardson going first uh, overall or definitely going the top five are, are through the roof right now. I think he's got second second best odds to be the first quarterback off the board. The, the I think the best odds right now are still Bryce Young, who um, Wade in Wade didn't look like Silk, uh, like 5'10", 200. Silk back in the day, two hundred. Yeah, yeah, back, back in, in the day. day. Back yeah, in the that's, day. That's 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 like me me hit Silk. Man, that's like me in the back of the day. But um, five ten, two hundred pounds. I say about three years ago, four years ago. Um, before you before you gave up meat. With a noodle arm, I don't have uh, the arm, the arm that uh, he has. But AR, I thought put put together a great, and we all expected this. You know, his his draft stock was already rising before the combine, um, so that was a great sign for for everybody that was on this this AR hype train, right? Um, of like, once he gets out there, he runs a four four, uh, and I've I've been told behind the scenes that he's hit four three. You know what I'm saying? So somebody that size be able to run a 4-4 is absolutely crazy. His arm is stupid live. Uh, outside of his physical stuff, man, just hearing that he nailed the the interviews, uh, hearing him speak on TV, a super polished guy when it comes to that type of stuff. How you want to hear your quarterback articulate, just super impressive, uh, happy for AR. Uh, I know a lot of fans have their opinions about like him not reaching his potential while on, on campus at UF, but all of that's not on him. Uh, he had three different quarterback coaches. When you went from Brian Johnson, uh, you could see uh, uh, Dan Mullen take over, but there was not a whole lot of investment into him and belief into his abilities. Uh, you're talking about a guy that may go number one overall. He sat behind Emory Jones, you know. So I think that his his development is more or uh, it's more of an indictment on the coaches that was around him and and, and not pulling that potential out, out of him and, and letting him sit a year he shouldn't have been sitting. Uh, so we got to see him one year. Not a whole lot of snaps. Could use just some reps to just be become a better polished quarterback. But we're gonna see this guy become a good pro. Um, I think he's invested into his career. I think his work ethic is through the roof. I um, mean, his his, his 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 football intelligence is through the roof as well. So uh, just watch this kid mature. You know, enjoy the ride. Um, y'all can stop hating now. It's gonna be a top ten pick. Just vibe out. Enjoy the show. I um. I, I shot him. I saw a uh, like a, a head-on view of the forty, and um, I shot AR the the video of it because he starts and he goes like off to the left hash, and then he kind of like mm-hmm. veers back to the right hash. And I text him and I said, "Man, you would run straight. You might have run like a four-two-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "He said if my eyes were open, I might have run straight." <laughs> um, but yeah, he's um, he's a, he's a really good young man. And uh, listen, he's worked hard. Gonna put the gonna put the city of Gainesville on the map if the University of Florida hasn't already done that. I don't think he's gonna do that, but he got a chance to do some historic things uh, when it pertains to being an NFL draftee at the University of Florida, and, and I'm I'm all with it, man. And shout out to Billy Napier because the offense people act like we just went out there and was looking like Miami on offense or something, but our offense was explosive. Uh, people that are questioning, uh, oh, how did Billy not win with bro? The offense really wasn't the issue. Uh, we couldn't stop a nosebleed, and it's a team effort. Uh, I don't think we, we talked about the receiving corpse and what AR was coming with in the beginning of the season. Nick thought it was the worst receiver corpse ever in the University oh. of Florida. And y'all trashed so, me for it. No, I ain't trash. I just say it wasn't the worst. I've seen some some, some Ryan Saucers and, 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 and Wardens. I've seen some, some terrible wide receiver rooms. So it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the idea of room and talent that you want around that type of guy. Uh, no. But nonetheless, we we move on. 
CJ Wharton. What a name to bring up. Yeah. Ryan Kiss the baby. CJ Wharton. Uh, pulled up Var- here. On- Var- the beginning of Vari Lies with CJ Wharton. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, pulled up here on YouTube uh, from Bet Online, their first overall draft pick for 2023. They have Bryce Young at minus 190, which means that you have to bet $190 to win 100 should he go number one. But then Anthony, Anthony Richardson is right behind him at plus 300. Uh, I do expect those odds to probably get closer. Uh, rather than further away over the next couple of weeks. Anthony Richardson did have uh, what everybody was saying, some of the best QB interviews of the weekend. Uh, so I definitely think that he has a very legitimate shot at going number one uh, or number two overall uh, in the uh, April draft. Uh, he also did get a little bit of flack from people on the timeline that said uh, that I also can't catch every pass. Um, obviously, Anthony Richardson is very much trying to put himself, you know, in a position to say, Hey, he can make those throws. I know a lot of, you know, Gator fan. Yeah. A lot of the Gator fan base was frustrated on, on some of the smaller uh, or shorter throws, some of the, the intermediate throws, but what do you guys take uh, to that comment? Do you just brush it off or any additional thoughts there? He has some drops, but he also has some throws that he just missed, man. I just, you just chalk it up. He, he had some yeah. drops. Um, but I don't you know. There's no indictment on who he is, what type of teammate he is, or anything like that. In my opinion, I've seen a lot of criticism. I've seen somebody criticizing him doing a flip after the combine. Like people could criticize. He did a flip after the combine. Yeah, yeah, nice little flip. Didn't, didn't land it perfect. Didn't, didn't, didn't did not get a perfect ten. He's not a gymnast, but he landed. He did a flip after the combine. <laughs> he, he, he ain't no Leah Clapper. We'll ask Leah Clapper for that. Um, all right, so let's see here. Uh, in other news from the combine, Osiris Torrance uh, does does okay. Don't know if they were expecting him to to be a gym rat or anything else. Runs a five three one forty. Uh, does not participate in the bench press. Uh, overall, a lot in the the twenties and thirties for him. Uh, still, don't think that that impacts his draft stock at all. Uh, Richard Garage uh, comes into the combine. Uh, Nick, maybe you can shed a little bit more light in this. Does a pain tolerance test. Uh, the next morning, woke up with uh, a swollen ankle, so he was not able to participate uh, in uh, any of the events uh, for the combine, uh, other than getting weighed measured. Uh, but Nick, did you get any additional clarity there? Yeah, I um, I've asked a couple. I've asked a couple doctors. <laughs> I don't know what a pain tolerance test is. Like, they just get you into this like the most public job interview in the world, and they're just like, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna take you into this back room, and we're gonna twist your ankle, and you tell us when to stop. But if you tell us to stop too early, we're gonna say that you're a baby, and it's gonna hurt your draft stock. Like, what is a pain tolerance test? Like, what are you doing?" Hmm. Anyway, if there's a doctor in the comments that has, has done pain tolerance tests with their patients, please let us know. Headlocks. <laughs> just, just get you just get you in a headlock in the back and be like, listen, you, you can tap, but then you're going to be a six-rounder. <laughs> Say uncle, you're going in the seventh. Interesting, yeah. Though. Uh, I thought he needed to work out. I think he, he's a guy that I thought would test pretty decent. I don't know how, what, what he would have did on the bench, but athletically, um, I think he can move around a little bit. So he could have used – uh, and he got opportunity at pro day, but he could have used the combine workout, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know if that's a plus for him. He could have used. So it. Ian Rappaport uh, came uh, back to another tweet that I didn't see. An NFL spokesman clarified uh, that my use of pain tolerance test, saying there is no pain tolerance test. The player underwent a typical physical exam. So at some point during that physical exam, 
maybe he came in with a swollen ankle. Who knows? Uh, but ultimately, Richard Garage pulls himself out uh, of the combine. Hopefully, we will see him at the Gator Day here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Ventron Miller did not participate due to his foot injury. Gervon Dexter, Gervon Dexter, who we have an interview with on Thursday of this week, so stay tuned for, oh. for that, uh, runs a 4.88 40-yard dash, which places him fifth. A vertical Ooh. jump of 31 inches, which is third, and a broad jump of – uh, 110 inches, which was sixth, and then a, th- a three cone drill uh, at 7.5 second, which was fifth. I think we all expected Gervon Dexter to have a really good uh, weekend in, in terms of combine speed, size. You know, he might be rising up some draft boards here, too. Absolutely. Uh, that 488 was amazing, amazingly fast, uh, Especially seeing what our, some of our DBs ran. Um, a guy that big, that size, uh, Gervon was a former basketball player in high school. So uh, I knew athleticism was through the roof, but that 40 definitely made him a lot of bread, man. So he should be sliding up some draft boards, in my opinion. Absolutely. Continuing our, to uh, – oh, go ahead, our, Nick. Our, our friend Chris Zen might have had the tweet of the century um, added up. Those two safety 40 times. Says they're about a, a 9-2-5. Uh, combined, which is what they'll be working. Oh, soon, soon enough. That's <laughs> great. Just a brutal tweet. I, I think I think those guys let land last around a little bit in the league. I think Rashad Torrance goes undrafted. Um, I hope he gets drafted, but that forty time didn't help him. But he got some some decent film out there. I think yeah. some of these guys are, are similar to uh, what's my man name and the place slot uh, that went Brian Pool Pool. Uh, similar situation. I think he makes rosters, and I think he stands, uh, hangs around a little bit. Same thing with with Trey Dean. He's just super athletic and can play special teams and shit like that. So, sorry using the S word. Uh, he'll, he'll be he'll be he'll be around a little bit. I think both of those guys will be around the league um, for at least four to five years. You know, a couple contracts. Yep. Uh, let's uh, keep going through Brenton Cox for him. Six four two fifty. Runs a four eight two. Uh, does 24 reps at 225, which was ninth overall. Uh, other than that, pretty uh, middle better, of the pack. I think uh, he needed a better workout. I was uh, going to say, I expected a little bit more out of Brenton Cox, especially uh, with him being off the last uh, last month of the year. Justin Shorter comes in, uh, runs a 4.5540, which was 31st overall, but I think a little bit faster than, than probably fans anticipated for him. Uh, so that's good. Vertical jump of 35.5, which was 22nd in broad jump. He ranked 20th. Uh, Nick, you just mentioned Chris Zen's tweet. Let's get into the two DBs. Trey Dean runs a 4.75 uh, 40, which was 25th. He does put up the most reps overall at 225 uh, for all DBs uh, with 25 reps uh, at placing first. Vertical jump was 36.5 inches, which was eighth. Broad jump, he also came in eighth in. Uh, Rashad Torrance uh, runs a 4.72. Uh, which is 24th overall, puts up 20 reps, which was sixth overall. Uh, vertical jump, he did 13th, and broad jump was 11th. So, uh, again, not terrible performances by either one of them, uh, but certainly maybe some some speed. Uh, I know Trey Dean had an okay showing in some of the drills as well from what I saw, uh, but, again, it's going to be something that a team – takes a flyer on him and hopes that he can, you know, pan out at the next level. I don't think that he is as bad necessarily as he played at Florida. Uh, and I do think that there is going to be some opportunity for him at the next level. 
And listen, you don't need to run a four-two-one um, at at safety. There's a lot of instincts um, that go into it, um, preparation to put yourself in position. I mean, I, I, we used to always say, um, you know, if you could combine Nick Washington and Marcel Harris, you'd have had an All-American because, like, Nick Washington knew where to be, just couldn't get there at times. Um, and, and Marcel Harris, who's still, I think, in the league. Um, was just that fast physical guy that you thought, hey, I just think he's just reacting and he doesn't really hasn't really put the time in in the film room, uh, you know, that somebody else has. And he's just out there running on instincts. Um, so like so said, it's, it's not you don't, you don't need to be track speed to play safety. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. But I don't know that we saw that from from those two guys at, right. a lot at Florida either. Yeah, people like to every time somebody sees a slow forty, and I don't want to call it a slow forty, but not a fast four 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 three four. They want to uh, bring up the Ahmad Black comparison when Ahmad Black was just a special guy, bro. Um, and he also played beside a guy like Major Wright, who ran a four four, could cover a lot of ground. Um, so like you got to have football instincts, and Ahmad's football IQ and instincts are off the charts. Uh, and and you just can't compare forties when comparing people to a mod. Black is disrespectful to a mod, if anything, you know. Absolutely, um, I did see it. You know, there's some comments in our chat here. AR15 doesn't play defense. Uh, our D has been hot garbage the last three years. I, I think that that's true. I think I saw a stat that said the defense gave up sixty percent. It gave up points in sixty percent of the drives this season. So I know there's a lot of commentary about AR uh, and not putting up enough points. Silk, I think you mentioned it as well. Uh, you know, Florida's offense wasn't bad. Uh, have we seen more explosive? Sure. Was there times that Florida was in a little bit of a rut offensively? Absolutely. Uh, but you cannot blame uh, the offense for Florida going six and seven this year. Uh, there's times that they maybe could have put up more points, but there's also a lot of opportunity for that defense not to allow, you know, 28, 29 points per game as well. So right now we have Anthony Richardson almost definitively a, a top five uh, draftee in this NFL draft. If he goes number one overall, he will be the first Florida Gator ever drafted number one. Uh, I think Florida had a player drafted number two. Uh, many, many moons ago. Uh, so that would be the highest. Uh, but again, Anthony Richardson. Osiris Torrance is probably a lock for the first round or early second round or definitely one of the first guards taken off the board. Uh, Jervon Dexter probably increased his draft stock. Do you think anybody else helped or hurt their draft this uh, this combine? Um, Justin Short at 6'5 ran very well. Yeah, 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 yeah I, th I think Shorter – um, helped his draft stock a lot during the East-West Shrine game. And then with, then with his time, um, I think Osiris Torrance didn't do anything to hurt his draft stock, which he probably made himself the number one uh, offensive guard during the Senior Bowl week. Um, and, and I think Trey Dean, I don't know that the 40 time will hurt him as right. much um, or hurt what he did at the East-West Shrine Bowl. I think he helped himself a ton mm -hmm. that week um, at the Shrine Bowl out, out in Las Vegas. And I don't think anything he did – um, at the combine is going to, you know, erase that. He could have helped himself. If he, if Trey didn't go out there and run a four or five after his, yeah. kid, then you go crazy, especially with the bench press. He did like 26 reps on, on the um, 225. Mm -hmm. um, so he could have helped himself with a faster 40 time, but he didn't hurt himself. His draft stock is what it is. I don't think it went down after the, after the draft. Nick, what is the Gator day? What day? Gator Day, yeah, or the every one day they, for when me they're going to do there. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, every I say it's every day for me. <laughs> uh, March March 30th, um, 
Tradine tweeted um, a, a text about him having some tears in his labrum and his hip. Um, and that being a reason why his 40 time, it was what it was and says, see you on March 30th. Uh, okay. So if you're reading between the lines, uh, I don't think it could be anything other than, Hey, I'll be running again on March 30th. Well, where are you going to be running? Uh, so I, Guessing Flores Pro Day will be March 30th. I expected a fast time from Trey Dean. So if he, if he's saying he injured, I believe him. Because I, I expected a low four, six, four, five from Trey Dean, to be honest with you. He works out too much. He looks like a chiseled Greek god, bro. There's no way he can run a four seven. I think he's faster than that. But we'll we'll see. And pro day is friendlier on the clocks. Traditionally. All right. While well, we wait for Tim Moore to join us, I can run a four four. I can run a four four at Pro Day. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we have to get you to drive back up to Gainesville and uh, the clock, and listen. Uh, maybe I have a slow thumb. Who knows? Could be, could <laughs> I be a hope so. You're my boy. Could be a five four. You want you going to hate on me? Or you want me to get drafted? What are you going to do here? I want you to get drafted. Hey, he ran a three three six forty. This is the best. Yes. I've never seen anything like it. This is the fastest podcast of time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we have Tim Moore uh, waiting for us in the green room here. So Nick will hold on that tight end wide receiver discussion. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's welcome my buddy, good buddy, Tim Moore. Tim, hey. it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, my friend. What's up, Dan? Good to see you. Thanks good for having me. Good to see you, brother. So uh, Tim Moore is the CEO of View Studios, Diamond View Productions. Uh, Tim and I met probably five, six years ago when Diamond View was – was still on a rocket ship, but now it's on uh, a multiple rocket ships, just hurling towards every single uh, production studio around the United States and around the world. Uh, Tim, why don't you give everybody a little bit of your story uh, before we get into what you guys did with the Florida Gators? Yeah, well, sure. Uh, a little background on me about 16 years ago, um, I fell in love with doing video and, and started a, a production company. And at that time was mainly um, just doing weddings. You know, I was 18 years old, couldn't afford a camera. So I was borrowing my buddies and uh, started Diamond View uh, to do a little weekend work, you know. And um, a year later, my girlfriend at the time bought me a camera. And this is back in the day when it was the tape based cameras, the big over your shoulder uh, right. style. And so that was a big investment. And I thought, man, I uh, ended up marrying her. Now, uh, 12 years later, we got uh, two boys and. Um, and still following that dream. But Diamond View ended up growing and becoming the uh, largest production company here in Tampa. And along the way, um, well, we found out that, you know, uh, the technology is continuing to shift. You know, we saw it go from film to digital. And during the pandemic, it went from digital to virtual. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, we started getting into virtual production, which is essentially if you uh, look at the, the film industry for the last 50 years, we've been using green screen as a way to replace the background and put in visual effects. Virtual production is using large format LED screens to get those visuals in real time. So it's like the holodeck, you know, whatever you can imagine, you can put in the background and it's instant. You know, what you see is what you get. So this is huge for the commercial industry because now we can do a car shoot, put it in Tokyo, snap the fingers. Now it's in London, snap the fingers. Now it's somewhere else around the world. The, the logistics of traveling that car would have taken days, but shooting in the studio takes seconds. 
So um, this has been a, a great technology. So we've built four of those studios that we own and operate around the U.S. in Nashville, Vegas, Orlando, and Tampa. Um, but we've built 16 of them for other clients in North America as well. And so we're, uh, we're a fast-growing virtual studio network and looking to, to build some more this year. That's awesome. Tim, talk to us a little bit about that, that tech. So it's a bunch of LED screens. Obviously, that makes it uh, very simplified. But what more can you do? What are the, the capabilities? Talk to us a little bit about the, the tech that goes into, into one of these VIEW production studios. Well, if you've ever worn a VR headset, you know, the experience is it goes over your eyes and wherever you turn, this perspective changes. And so it feels very real and immersive. That's the same thing here. You know, this is all the technology of a VR headset at the scale of an IMAX theater. And so when the camera goes in there and it turns left or right, the entire perspective of the screen changes. And so um, it, it's a very realistic effect. We often have people walk in and they uh, they almost are a little bit disoriented because whatever we show, uh, you know, they, they feel like they're there for a second. So when it snaps, it, it's jarring. But um, what that allows us to do is that uh, when we sync that camera and that visual, that optical illusion you see um, is getting captured right into camera. So it's, it's all real time final pixel. And, uh, and really the tech stack is all built on a 3D game engine. Uh, so the mm. same game engine that makes Fortnite, Unreal Engine, as producing all of these graphics. And I guess the most extraordinary thing about it is about a year ago, we hit the tipping point where computer-generated graphics have now become indistinguishable from uh, regular you know, uh, photography, video. So you could go into a stock library and ask someone, you know, was this really captured or was it made by a computer? And nine out of 10 people can't tell the difference. So um, we're, at a, we're at a point now that anything you can think up, you can see on the screen. And to most people, it looks photorealistic. What kind of what kind of uh, weird situations can we put silk in then? <laughs> why, why, why you want to put me in a weird situation? I don't know. I, listen, I'm just the imagination's running. Uh, Tim Tim gave me a, a thought, and I'm running with it. Well, I'll tell you one that's that's become very normal is shooting on the moon. You know, logistically, the moon is hard to get to. Silk on the moon. Yeah, so uh, that that one's a request we get often. With me on the moon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever been? I... Not, not, not physically. <laughs> not physically, Tim. Tim, who's your uh, the, at, at at your point in, in like creating this company? Uh, at what point did you realize that you you kind of got a big thing going? Like, what client? Which 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 celebrity? At, who, who was it for you? Well, the turning point for me was um, about three months into this. Uh, we had booked some really big clients. We had Mercedes-Benz in, NFL Films was in. But the weekend of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl was in Tampa that year. You know, we uh, the Bucks had a home game. And, uh, and so we um, got a call from the Today Show. And they said, hey, we heard about your technology. We'd love to feature you. And right. I thought, man, that's amazing. When do you guys want to do it? And they said, on Super Bowl weekend. I said, great. Ooh. So we uh, we ended up on the Today Show on Super Bowl weekend. And ever since that date, the, the phones never stopped ringing. And um, it was a it was definitely a, a pivotal moment for us because this was an experiment to start with. We were seeing if this would would help our business grow. And the studio ended up outperforming the business that I grew for 15 years. Man. And so, it, you know, we had to make the decision, hey, is this this is what we're going to pursue? And so um, uh, me and my partner, John, who had been working in Diamond View, 
basically brought some of the people from Diamond View over and, and started growing View. Uh, and now today, View's about 100 people strong and locations all around all around the U.S. So you don't want to shoot my wedding in June? Jim? <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> Not, not, not doing those weekend gigs anymore. We can we can set up a view studio at Nick's wedding, and he can invite tens of thousands, maybe millions of people. They can feel like they're there. Uh, Tim, talk to us a little bit about UF. Um, you know, we don't have to go into to a lot of the specifics there, but when UF approached you about the opportunity to to bring in a a view, uh, you know, studio into their new athletic uh, football you know, only facility there, uh, what kind of things did they say that they were looking for? Talk to us a little bit, you know, about that relationship with with UF. Obviously, very different than you know, Mercedes Benz or, you know, a, an actual studio using it, this is going to be used for, for athletes and for recruits. What was that conversation like and, and what they were asking for, for you guys? Yeah. Well, you know, the university of Florida is so interesting. They're always on the cutting edge of technology. And when they came to us, um, it was from the athletic side of, of the university. And we've done a lot of university installs. So we, we've, um, uh, you know, are familiar with this, but never on the athletic side. And once we dug into what they were looking for, we found that they were using the studio. Their, their vision for it was so different than everyone else's. They wanted to be the first um, university to really be in the metaverse with sports. And so they're using it not only for the NIL side of it, that they can make promotions for their um, uh, student athletes and be able to promote them. But also from a recruiting standpoint, they're giving students the experience to step into this volume and see what it's like to walk on a field with, you know, 60,000 fans screaming your name. Mm. And it's such an interesting tool for recruitment because mm. the way that you decide what you're going to do in your life is so much based on how well you can visualize it. If you can right. give someone a vision for here's what your future is going to be in a year you're going to win that nine times out of 10 because they, they see it. They, they've put themselves in the situation. And so that's what uh, really blew my mind when I started seeing how university of Florida was using is they are, you know, they're getting some of the top recruits and now letting them see what their future could be like, you know, as a Gator. We've seen the um, they've, they've had some recruiting videos where they put a GoPro on someone's helmet and they're running out, um, you know, running out of the tunnel on a game day. And, hey, that looks cool on this, you know, on your laptop as you're showing them. Okay, let's put you in front of this gigantic screen. And now it's it's completely immersive. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things. They've had drone footage during games. Um, a lot of interesting things that they can put up on, on, on your screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a unique thing about the screen is we're so used to seeing these two-dimensional rectangles that all the media lives inside the glass but when you stand inside of immersive display and you're you're wrapped all around, you don't feel like you're watching it. You feel like you're there. And so that that just does take it to a whole nother level. Right. What do you see uh, your, your, your future with, with you in the metaverse and this whole virtual future um, world? Like, How do you see you fitting in? Well, the premise of what we do is simulation. So we're simulating a virtual world. It, it appears real. And so it works great for commercials. But ultimately, I think this could be a great tool for training. I think it can be uh, a great way to test ideas before you do them. So, you know, we see that the network of virtual studios we're creating one day may just be a huge network of simulators and not like the Matrix style that you would go in and, and you know, live in this uh, virtual world. But, but simulate things that you may want to do in the future and see if that's a good idea. You know, the best way to, to know is to see it sometimes. Right. So we just see that, you know, right now the, um, 
the video market is a great place for us to be. But the bigger vision for this is to really be able to, to simulate virtual worlds for, for other use cases as well. Tim, do you ever see this as a place where you could potentially try to run plays on, right? If you're a quarterback and you're practicing and you have a fully immersive, is it 270 degrees? Is that what it is? Yep. 270 yeah. degree. You can see the entire field. You can potentially run plays. You can have, you know, somebody that's in rehab or somebody that is, is trying to come back, you know, onto the field, be able to still simulate game reps. Is that something that is envisioned there? A hundred percent. You know, one of the use cases we're seeing is that when you watch game film, it's so detached from the actual game because you're seeing it from a bird's eye view. Now imagine if you took the exact same play and then you were able to do it in game engine. So you're seeing from the perspective of the quarterback, you actually do that play again and say, Hey, you know what you didn't see here was this defensive end shifted slightly. And that's what made the play change. And those are the kind of perspectives that I think really help, you know, a quarterback and their awareness and any of the playmakers. So that idea of being, you know, watching game film, I think is going to be something that a lot of universities are going to turn to and a lot of professional sports will see very soon. That's awesome. Uh, Silk, Nick, any final questions for Tim uh, before we let him get on to his, I'm sure, very busy day today? Uh, Tim, what we got to do to make this exclusive Florida Gator and no SEC or no Florida State Miami <laughs> type situation? Man. Oh, man. You know what? If we just put a few more on the campus, we can make that happen. <laughs> Perfect. We'll talk all to right. procurement for you. Uh, Tim, right. it's, it's a pleasure, man. Congratulations to all your success, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. See you guys. See ya. Going to have a more. view screen in the law library. Hey, listen, we're at mock trial. How about this? A 270-degree <laughs> screen. You are in the courtroom. It put you in OJ trial. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, congratulations to Tim. Good, good buddy of mine. It's cool to see him over the last five, six years where he's gone and grown, but uh, super excited to see the University of Florida's continued use of uh, View Studios and everything else that they're doing. Uh, we are going to have a quick programming change. Colin Castleton is sick this morning, so we're going to try to get him on next week. Um, but that allows us to hit on a few other topics Nick, uh, any updates on the wide receiver coach uh, situation or tight end coach opening? Yeah, uh, so I think we're probably getting close. Um, I'm writing about it, so I got to keep that one uh, <laughs> close to the chest about the uh, wide receiver coach. But I, I did notice um, Russ Callaway, who um, has been on staff for a little while, um, kind of working with the tight ends and um, – I don't know, you know, as we talked about, I don't know, you know, how many sexy wide or tight end coach names there are. Like how many, what name are you going to hire that people are gonna be like, Oh yeah, I know that guy. Let's that, that's a great hire. Um, Russ has been an offensive coordinator. Um, he, he's been around the program. I think that would be a good promotion, a good hire. Um, and, and then I think that, a long list, you know, Billy Napier interviewed, uh, I think it was Thursday, interviewed seven guys um, virtually, um, and I, they brought a couple in that were on campus Saturday for additional interviews. Uh, and I think that's a, um, that's a hire that will probably get made within a week. Well, there's no sexy names for tight end coach. I will prefer a tight end coach that's an ace recruiter and has yes. some type of experience. So tight end coach – traditionally is use somebody that can go out in the trail and, and be a killer. So that, that's, that's a pr preference I would like to have instead of a promotion is what I would say. That's my take. 
And we, and we can use this to funnel right into spring practice, but Nick, I know David Decker is a, is a name. I believe he was helping out with wide receivers this mm-hmm. weekend as well. in their first practice, you mentioned Russ Calloway. Uh, so definitely having all of the analysts and the caliber of analysts that, that Florida had on the, uh, on their analyst staff certainly helps, you know, fill into these gaps of, of coaching openings, uh, but Florida certainly uh, trying to fill that position soon, especially with spring practice already underway. Uh, when we get or when we look at spring practice, this is the time where we are going to announce a bunch of new numbers. So bear with me as I read through some of these. Sharif Jacks or Sharif Denson, pardon me, will be wearing number zero. Jakeem Jackson, number two. Andy Jean, number six, he looked phenomenal in the video clips, and I know Billy Napier had uh, some great things to say about him after practice. Will Norman, who threw up 405 pounds on bench press, will be number nine. Kelby Collins, number 11. Aiden Mizell, number 11. Aaron Gates, who was out of practice on Saturday in a red non-contact jersey, is number 13. Uh, Micah Leon, who's the former uh, UConn quarterback uh, transfer walk on is number 13. Jordan Castell is number 14. Parker Lisi, the freshman walk on quarterback, is also 14. Graham Mertz rocking the 15. Uh, expectations already through the roof. Uh, there, Bryce. Really. Uh, you, you might like, listen, I understand everyone's got numbers. Um, but if I'm the equipment manager, I might want to be like, hey, Graham. Um, <clears throat> Don't know how familiar you are with the University of Florida. Just want to give you a little heads up. This might not be the number you want. Uh, you, you, you could have it tattooed on your back. Um, this could be the number you wore your whole life. It's like, but, you know, 14 might come with some less expectations and what less if, criticism. If Graham Merce was a big Rita Anthony fan, you think he shouldn't just wear 15 because of that? Listen, I, I'm just saying. Maybe he likes Rita a lot. I read, I read the message boards. Um, I saw Twitter. Um, it's big, big per per fan. I heard um, big Lou, big Lou fan. Yeah, big Lou fan. Oh man, uh, Bryce Thornton, uh, defensive back, eighteen. T.J. Searcy, nineteen. Trayon Webb, twenty. Taraja Mitchell, twenty. Transfer linebacker from Ohio State. Deuce Spurlock, number twenty-two. The transfer. Deuce got the Deuce in the Deuce. Deuce. Did somebody deuce tell him Emmitt Smith wrote that wore that number. <laughs> oh come on! Listen, Anybody if the name is him? Deuce. If your name is Deuce, you got to wear either two or twos. Can't run that. You got to run that by Emmett, man. What are you doing? Uh, I kid, I kid, I kid. Cameron James, uh, defensive lineman number 24. Uh, Cam Carroll, uh, the transfer from Tulane is 27. Jaden Robinson, 29. Uh, let's see. Manny Nunnery, the transfer, uh, is 34 linebacker. Uh, we're getting into some other walk-ons here. Uh, Bryce Levitt, 53 offensive lineman. Uh, Micah Mescua, the transfer from Baylor, is 54. Roger Kearney, number 71. Damian George, the transfer from Alabama, 76. Nigel Harris, 77. Uh, Keontae Goodwin, 78. Tony Livingston, 86. Caleb Banks, 88. And Cameron Jackson, 99. You did not hear the names Gavin Hill, Eugene Wilson, Dijon Johnson, or Caden Jones, who will all have their numbers when they enroll in the summer. Uh, in other news, Scooby Williams is now going to be an edge rusher instead of an inside linebacker. His position that he played in high school 
Andrew Savania moved from defensive end to tight end, and Jamarcus Weston has moved from wide receiver to safety. Uh, other news. Oh, not go mad, ahead. Not mad at the Weston move. He's been on campus. He came in with some raw talent, but didn't play a whole lot of uh, football in high school as far as camps and, and doing that because he had a lot of different responsibilities. So we haven't seen, even though Dan Mullen hyped him up and and then several coaches have had, had good things to say about him, we haven't seen him do anything on the field. Uh, I saw a couple touchdown catches here and there, but nothing remarkable. Uh, when my seeing him play some safety, you know, and also the Miguel Mitchell hype is picking up a little bit. Big big Miguel Mitchell fan. I I, I welcome you all to the to the uh, to the bandwagon and to the hive. Yeah, he um he's a guy who I think he showed up at like <clears throat> right around two hundred pounds. And they got him listed at uh, nearly two two twenty now. Um, looks good, looks the part for sure. Um, watched him because <clears throat> I was overwatching Austin Armstrong a little bit. Um. Watched him working with uh, the nickels as well as the safeties. I think he's an interesting player. He played both uh, last year, um, and and depending on where Perkins goes, I think I think Perkins. I think those are probably your three. If you're talking safeties and nickel, I think Perkins, Elam, uh, and Mitchell are your three. Elam, you got um, Elam back. Sorry, uh, no, Kamari Wilson. Uh, Kamari. Yeah. <clears throat> it, lo- it looks like a little Kair with the five on. Right. I can see longer the hair. Up. I can see. Uh, I think one of the coaches was it Billy that said Miguel Mitchell performing as one of the best safeties, or they look at him as one of the best safeties on the team. It was either Billy or, or hockey. Gotcha. Saturday was a long day talking to them and then going to baseball. Yeah, I know it was Billy Napier that that spoke highly on him. Let's see. While I pull that up. Um, Jalen Farmer, Bryce Lovett were in non-contact jerseys. Aaron Gates was in a non-contact jersey. Uh, and Ethan Pouncey was in a non-contact uh, jersey as well. Uh, while I find Billy Napier's quotes, uh, we saw on the roster uh, that checking in at defensive tackle number 21, Desmond Watson at a fully grown 449 pounds, I need your thoughts, gentlemen. Need your thoughts at 449 pounds. Are there any missing people in Gainesville? <laughs> I think I know where they're going. Uh, I don't know how he looked like he lost weight. I don't know when the last time they weighed him or how like how current his weight was on the roster as it was listed last year. But it don't look like he gained weight. But for some reason, the number just keeps getting higher and higher every year. Uh, we we won't need him to play as many snaps at defensive tackle. We we fixed the depth, and we got some guys to come in through the transfer portal. Um, Chris McClendon had a great year as a freshman last year. I expect him to even elevate his play. Uh, so his reps should go down while while his size is going up. Is still concerning. Yeah, I think he. Um, I, I know that he deals with the, like he doesn't like being asked about his weight, uh, and that he's obviously having trouble with his weight because it's fluctuated a lot. Um, I, I, as soon as the roster came out, I, I sent messages to people. I'm like, Hey, this has to be a typo. Like he hasn't, he hasn't gained 30 pounds since, you know, the end of the season um, at a Gator collective event. He told uh, another podcast that he was under 400 pounds. So, you know, when I was anticipating that number being right around four bills and not four and a half bills. So, um, he, he's, he's clearly struggling with his weight. Uh, Mark hockey, when he was talking about him, raved about him. And then the, the typical line, which was he is 
it's incredible how he moves around at his size, how agile he is, how quick he is. And I would love to see how agile and how quick he is at 380, at 390. Right. Hell, at 400 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, no, no so, so you want – and listen, it's, it's hot out there. Saturday was hot, uh, mm-hmm. and then it rained, and then it just got hot and humid. So you're going to lose some weight just – not even trying to lose weight. You're going to lose weight during know. spring practice. I don't know. I, think I don't know. This, odds, man. this is a scientific uh, conundrum and, that we have here. Unless, unless, you're, unless you're getting, you know, a, a Domino's NIL deal, you should be losing weight during spring camp. Spencer's jerky jerky deal, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a nice lean protein, though. Pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a big boy. Uh, so – uh, let's see. Did get a couple quotes from Billy Napier uh, from Saturday's practice. Uh, a question was asked who is standing out as leaders on the offense, Austin Barber, Kingsley, Egu Khan, uh, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne and Ricky Pearsall on defense, justice Boone, Derek Wingo, uh, Jason Marshall, all names that were mentioned as well. And then Nick, Jeremy Crawshaw, is uh has got impressed uh on him so definitely looking at, you know the gators graduated or, or lost a number of you know older players you know the kind of your traditional leaders so uh looking for that next crop of leaders to uh step up let's see did we get um what's taraji mitchell's number did i miss that yeah you did 20. he 20 20 okay i expect some leadership from him on the defensive end bringing a guy that old uh a lot of experience coming from Ohio State, a winning program. So we'd like to see some leadership from him on the defensive side. And listen, it was first practice, um, first drills of the first practice, But uh, and, and Derek Wingo is coming back from an injury, uh, from off-season surgery. Um, but it was Shamar James and, and, and Mitchell that were uh, the, the first two linebackers, inside linebackers up in, in the first drill. Very nice. I like that. I like to hear that. In other news, uh, it looks like we may have the starting offensive line named, maybe, who knows. Uh, when asked about it, he said Austin Barber, Kingsley, uh, Richard, and Richie, or Richie, I guess is who he was talking about, Jake Slaughter, uh, all guys that you can probably take. Uh, I think uh, he also mentioned Herman. Uh, I think that they feel somewhat confident uh, I think he said right now that they have 10 that they feel confident in on the offensive line. Uh, Micah Mascou is obviously uh, a name that you can pencil in there as well. Uh, but uh, Mazuka, like Bazooka. Mazuka, um, like Bazooka. So ultimately, it does look like Florida is going to be uh, fielding a, a pretty solid group on the offensive line there. Obviously, with two offensive line coaches, you expect. Uh, some great performance. Uh, Andy Gene, like we mentioned, also got uh, his flowers uh, from Billy Napier. Mentioned uh, him doing really, really well in the first practice. I know that that's a guy that they're excited about. Uh, Aiden Mizell, certainly somebody they're excited about uh, Andy, on the offensive. Real quick, Andy yep. Andy Gene is just super mature uh, coming in. Like the vibes that like you just feel every interview. Uh, the way he handles his, his social media. Uh, my nickname for him, the young professional, bro. A lot of Van Jefferson uh, vibes. Uh, from him, uh, also as far as like on the field abilities, just get a lot of Antonio Callaway uh, abilities and that South Florida work ethic and route running. Uh, just a young professional, where I like I love the way Andy Gene move and the way he play and approach the game. He um 
and we talked to Jason Marshall. Jason Marshall said, well, we went up against each other in high school. And I said, well, you probably got the better of that because you were a senior and, and he was only a sophomore. And and the age difference in high school from like senior to sophomore, that, that's a mm-hmm. wide gap. Correct. And uh, I was like, did, did Andy come in? Like, hey, you have to catch these routes now. Uh, now now that we're a little bit closer. And he laughed. He said, yeah, he uh, he was raving about how crisp of a route runner uh, Andy Jean is and, and a very technical receiver. We're looking forward to it. Nick, when is the next practice? Is it today? Tuesday. Florida will practice three times a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays will be in the afternoon, and Saturdays will be uh, around that 11 o'clock time, early afternoon, morning, late morning. Excellent. So we will be looking to see Nick, and they are still in shells for two Two more days. Yeah, it looks like they're in pads because they wear these like – I don't know if they're like a foam or like a hard foam, but it looks like shoulder pads, but they're not in pads. Uh, you can I love the be... workaround. There, there you go. Um, so Tuesday will be, again, just helmets. Um, shells will be Thursday when you can wear oh, okay. shoulder pads, but not, you know, pants with pads. Um, Saturday as the fourth practice will be the first full padded practice. Um, so stop asking me about offensive line, defensive line. I'm not watching offense and defensive line when they're, uh, you know, not in pads. When those boys can start actually hitting each other, that's when I'll watch uh, the line. Right now, we're just watching Graham Mertz and <laughs> throw, to, throw to people with no, with no one covering. How, do you, it, what, how, how is the uh, quarterback reps being divvied up between uh, Graham Mertz and Jack Miller? Is there a difference, or are they, are they kind of battling it out this spring? Floor is getting uh, – well – it looked like from the first practice that Graham Mertz was getting the first snaps. Um, that can change. I mean, Jack Miller got some first snaps over Anthony last last spring. Um, I don't. I didn't watch that much of them in the first practice. I'll probably stick around them on Tuesday uh, for the majority of our fifteen minutes. Um, but there's not a lot to be gleamed or taken away from. You know. Uh, throwing check down passes, you know, for the 15 minutes that, that we're able to watch out there. Was it crisp? Like, what was it? Was it sloppy work? What did he hit the easy passes? Like all of this yeah. matter, bro. I'm breaking yeah, down. It looked like yeah. uncle Rico out there. Was he hitting the easy passes? Was he hitting the mountains? <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not driving the Graham Mertz hype train. Uh, Nick, you are eyes and ears I'm, out there. You know, I'm wearing 15. I'm not. I, I'm not I, driving the, the Graham Mertz hype train. I will do the hyping if it's if it's deemed necessary. I'm just trying to. Did he hit the basic throws it, even on air? Like we've seen in the past, where some of those air throws have been a lot to dissect. Uh, so is he hitting the basic stuff in 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 the 15 minutes that you guys are there? Yeah, he's hitting the ba- the, the basic stuff with with nobody it's covering start. anyone. It's a good start. All right. He could be missing that, you know. So, like, yeah. Let's listen. If he was missing it, I'd be sounding the alarm. Right. Um, I, I just, well, I'll hold my, I'll hold my, uh, my judgment until I see more. Okay. All right. Well, we have Leah Clapper joining our show in about 15 minutes here. So let's get through a few other things. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Go visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. Get 15% off of your order. A lot of great UF merchandise on there, as well as a whole host of colleges. I think they're up to 80 or 90 different schools now. So go check them out. They always drop a lot of stuff right around uh, the NCAA basketball tournament and everything else. So again, go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com, promo code Steve and Gale at checkout. 
Uh, Nick, want to get into the Gators baseball uh, series against Jacksonville and Miami. The Gators go three and two on the week. They go one and one against JU and another uh, blunder uh, by the bullpen, uh, but do go two and one against Miami, including a run rule uh, on Sunday. So Nick, break down the baseball game for us on this, uh, this past week. Yeah, um, you, you get a really, really good uh, offense. Is not it has not been the issue for Florida. Um, I mean, they they can hit one through nine, um, one through twelve. Even the guys coming off the bench who aren't everyday starters um, are are hitting the baseball. Um, and, and the pitching has been spectacular. Florida struck out 157 batters in 111 innings. That's 12.7 per nine. Um, and I think the best performance we saw on the mound was wasted on Saturday night. Um, you, you get Hurston Waldrip uh, goes out and strikes out a career high 14 on Saturday. I, I didn't like the decision to bring him back out in the seventh. He had 93 pitches. He wasn't really sharp. You could tell um, starting to lose some of his command in the sixth. Gets out of it. Um, had, had to give up three runs. Kevin O'Sullivan brings him back out. Uh, he lets the first two batters on, and then the bullpen melts down. Miami has a huge ending in the seventh uh, that Florida can't come back from. I asked Kevin O'Sullivan about that. The guy, the two guys that were leading off that seventh, he said, um, were had struck out five of their six at-bats. So that's why you brought him back out. I understand that. You, you don't have a ton of trust in your bullpen um, because of how, the way they performed this early in the season. Um, but I think unless Hurston goes out and strikes those two guys out, um, you're taking a bullpen who has struggled and you're giving them a dirty inning with runners on base. And that's how it, it kind of played out. But Florida has dominated Miami. Um, the series was chippy and not just Dan giving uh, Zach Levinson hell out in right field. The players were talking back and forth. Um, and Ty Evans, uh, let me send this to you real quick, Dan, so you can throw it up on screen. Ty Evans, uh, Miami had agreed to or requested a uh, 10 run rule. Uh, which Florida then I can hits, which Florida then hits, and I just sent it to you, Dan. Uh, so Ty Evans in the eighth inning, Florida hit three home runs in the eighth inning on Sunday, um, and Ty Evans made it fourteen to four, which ended the uh, which ended the game because it was a ten run rule and Florida's the home team. My guy, absolutely okay. went off, went mm. off, hits the ball. Just walking it out here. Absolutely crushed. Got in his bag, man. Bad flip. Got oh, they, the Gators cut out the uh, – the the Florida cut out the throw slash. Fully open for Florida. They, Listen, Florida's a, Florida's a Fortune 500 company, so they cut out the throat slash. Um, wow, I've seen it. The, that, the, that's, a t- that's a top-notch uh, bad flip there, right? I'm the giving one, that. I, I rated it a 9-8. Okay. I, I rated it a 9-8. Uh, that was a U that he smashed over his knee that they, they got a different angle of. You couldn't really see him smashing mm. the U. He also rounding third. Look at the swag, man. Look at He also rounding third blows a kiss to the Miami fans that have been giving them hell all weekend. That's, they were, that's they, were, they were out there in the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw um, – I saw a flick off of the third baseman. Was that the same? That was I think that was a, Yeah, that was, that was Jack. Okay. That was Jack Tani who did that. Okay, I can see um, that. Your boy got a shout out um, on SEC Network. He did. Yeah, I got a uh, shout out on SEC Network for for my my nicknaming of Jack Tani. Um, also, Jack, please, I have given you nil gold. <laughs> Jack Tani should have been on T shirts months ago. What's your mm-hmm. fee? 
no fee. This is no a fee. free consultation. Man. All right. So so here we are. Kate Listen, if, if Jack doesn't do it, uh, check out stadiumandgale.com backslash shop. <laughs> Jack Connie's shirt's coming soon if Jack doesn't want to do it. All right. So here we have Nick. Uh, so Cade Curlin's up to bat. Uh, Stadium and Gale alum, Jeff Cardozo on the call. Let's see if we can get the uh, the audio working. Great writer. Nick Delatori, who covers Florida, has been saying Jack Tani. Uh, he's the president of the fan club, by the way, which is growing by the home run. By the home run. By the home yeah. run. Great, Great call. Nick Delatori. All right. One, once, once is enough. <laughs> once, enough. Once, once is enough. Um, Congratulations, so Flo- Nick. Florida's SID and, and Jack, um, they punked me. They punked me. I get to my, I get to my seat on Friday. Um, and uh, in the press box. Oh. Well, they thought you were going to be on the right field berm the whole game. Yeah, get, you know? yeah, get yeah, to my, yeah. No, I get to my seat on Friday or it was either Friday or Wednesday. Uh, and I look down and there's a picture of Jack Caglione um, and on and transcribed on it in Jack's uh, very girly handwriting. Uh, his his fourth grade teacher will be proud. Very neat handwriting. Um, says to my dying, biggest fan. It says to my biggest fan, Nick Delatori, and then uh, signed Jack Tani. Joke is on him because I don't think he's signing Jack Tani. So we're gonna do a little whiteout on, on the on the Nick Delatori. Get that framed, and uh, when Jack makes his big league debut, the Jack Tani signature uh, will be put up for auction. Right. Love to hear it. All right, so <laughs> Gators, uh, big win against Miami, uh, two to one. Uh, go with man. Into this. I enjoyed. I just want to say this with yeah. baseball. I enjoyed the baseball game. It was my first baseball game uh, for Florida, not baseball game ever. First baseball game, at University of Florida Stadium's beautiful. The vibes was beautiful. Uh, like the burn, the whole vibes is people sitting down, and and the, the strikeout signs is also cool. Uh, shout out to the guy that was disciplined about the the, the, the strikeout signs. He wouldn't even let my kids sit down. He's like, nah, bro, we got to put these signs out. <laughs> kids got to stand up. That's how uh, Jacob Abes he writes for our uh, for our blog there. So shout out to Jacob for being uh, Jacob. for for also being creative. Uh, they ran out of K's uh, strike or uh, by swinging, so they were flipping signs up and around trying to figure out how to get the uh, the swinging K. Uh, out there but it was packed we got to the stadium right at game time we shot a little content right before uh the standing room only uh we were all the way in the back right field which was great for uh for us people were able to to come and hang out we were also able to have a very clear line uh to number nine uh to have our conversation throughout the game uh but you know i knew the stadium would be packed but uh, i'll give a shout out to the gator faithful for for coming in in full colors i mean it was it was packed um yeah, Shout out you, to um, you all were part of uh, 8,081. Uh, would have been 8,079 without you two. Um, the second largest part. crowd in Condra ballpark history. Did my part. Glad I could be a part of history. The only, the only thing that I'll say about the entire day that really threw me off was uh, Silk's buddy Lion. Uh, who is a friend of ours, does a lot of content for the roll-up in Stadium and Gale. Uh, we're there getting a couple drinks. Um, and he's like, I'll take a glizzy. Like, a glizzy yeah. is slang for hot dog that the cool kids use. And um, grab him one that had probably been sitting under a heat lamp for, for no less than an hour. We're probably talking two, three, four hours. Yeah. And we're like, all right, here you go, Lion. And he takes the hot dog and he just starts to eat a, a raw hot dog. 
they've been sitting under a heat lamp. No condiments, yeah. no nothing. Just scarfing, just scarfing down the glizzy. Uh, just one of the more odd choices that I've seen uh, in my life. But uh, a raw dog in a, at, at Condren Field on Friday night. Just don't make eye contact, Dan. <laughs> had to look away. Had to make him look away the entire time. I mean, yeah, well, I had to walk off, man. Just a wild, wild thing to do. But uh, weird, we, to, weird to judge how a man eats his meat, Dan. Well, <laughs> if he's not making eye contact, then it doesn't really matter. Right. But uh, ultimately, just a, a wild take. You know, there's all yeah. sorts of condiments from from ketchup to mustard to relish to raw. I mean, a whole yeah. s- a slew of things. A whole dressing, smorgasbord bro. of options. At least and, dressing. Uh, he chooses the uh, the lamp heated raw dog. Everybody got like a high noon. The kids got Gatorades and, and Sour Patch Kids, uh, some beers, and and then a naked glizzy. Just a naked <laughs> glizzy for lying. <laughs> Nothing even washed it down with, you know. Just great nuts. content on the way. By the way, yeah, we're gonna drop some content on YouTube. Should be receiving that today. Uh, I want to thank. Uh, uh, the swamp restaurant for giving us a table. That was a, a hard fought piece of real estate to keep the entire time. Uh, but we really appreciate Ryan and the team over at the swamp for, for hooking us up over there. Uh, before we get Leah on the show, let's run through uh, the Gators uh, news of the week. Uh, men's basketball does beat LSU uh, finishes the season 16 and 15 uh, will participate in the SEC tournament that starts this week. Uh, finish with a win over Georgia and a win over LSU uh, to end the regular season. Women's basketball loses in the SEC uh, tournament to Kentucky. Uh, a big fight occurred. Did you guys see the fight? Yeah. the um, Eight players ejected. That was wild. I don't know what was said, uh, but a basketball was thrown in the back of back of a, a woman's head. Um, and, then, and then they wanted the smoke. You, you kind of see it like slowly boiling. Basketball gets thrown and then start like chasing the girl down. It's like, oh. Let's see if I can throw basketball. What what I miss? I miss. I definitely missed the fight. Uh, No hands were thrown, but a ball was thrown. Not not because there wasn't intention. Uh, People got people got in front of people got got in front of them between them. This is girl basketball. Women's basketball. Yeah, women's basketball. Women, 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 women's basketball. All right, I want no smoke. Don't get canceled. So I've got a little bit of it. Let's just see. Up there it goes. All right, so Kentucky player goes for a layup, holds the ball, pushes it in her face. Gators throw the basketball. Mm. An exchange occurs. Eight players ultimately ejected. Who threw Uh, the ball? I like her. Who threw the ball? (laughs) Number two. We'll try to get her on the show next week. Yeah, man. You you push the ball in my face. I got to – that's just park rules right there. That's just only, you know, got to reciprocate that energy. I like yeah, it. absolutely. Pushing the ball in the face, um, get the ball thrown. Eight players ejected. Gators do lose. Uh, I do not believe they will be in the NCAA tournament, but I do believe that they will make the women's NIT. Uh, we'll find out this weekend. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know um, Florida's men's basketball team, unless they win the SEC tournament, uh, will not be uh, right. and get that automatic qualifier, will not be in the NCAA tournament. And I and, – and I think that they will decline an NIT bid uh, if they're given one. So that'll be interesting. Interesting to see what they do this weekend. Uh, this weekend, why, why would they decline? Is um, regular season to be over? I mean, uh, you're missing the reps. The Florida Florida basketball team. Uh, you're, you're 
it's not really the reps. This team's like, very different next year yeah. through the transfer portal. So it's not like you know football with a uh, getting those fifteen spring practices. Yeah, we went out there and got our doors blown off in Vegas. Uh, basketball team go get their doors blown off uh, in, in NIT. There's no money revenue, anything they're missing from not right. going to that for tournament. NIT, no, not really. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think all that they're making, they'll they'll be all right. Uh, between this this new SEC football media deal and everything else, I don't know if chasing that extra, you know, million or two is is worth it. Uh, let's see. I I believe it's you, Shin Lin. I've got to I've got to double check that for sure. Men's golfer uh, wins the SEC golfer of the week for the first time in his uh, career after they won the or after he won, pardon me, the Southern Highlands tournament. Uh, he earns an exception into the PGA's Shriners Open. Uh, so in order to, to just give some clarification, uh, to participate in PGA Tour events, you either need to be a PGA uh, professional or or professional golfer on the PGA Tour, or you need to earn an exemption. So he uh, has won that and will participate in the PGA Shriners Open. Leah Clapper's waiting, so let me run through this quickly. Uh, in women's golf, Florida defended the Bostic uh, Tournament for the eighth straight time in a row, so congratulations on that win. Uh, Gators Gymnastics, we'll talk a little bit about it. Very hard fought uh, loss to Oklahoma. Uh, they lose 179.95 to 179.70. Uh, really good matchup in Norman, Oklahoma. I uh, think the Gators will get the best of them as the season moves on. Women's lacrosse wins 17 to 12. Men's tennis beats LSU. Unfortunately, lost to Mississippi State earlier, 5 to 2. Women's tennis beats LSU for their first win of the season, 4 to 1. And softball goes 3 and 0. Outscoring UAB twenty-three to one in those three games, uh, and with that being said, we do want to welcome Leah Clapper. Before we do that, uh, want to give a shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit them at alumnihall.com or go visit them on Archer Road. Uh, the best in Gators apparel, including some gymnastics wear. And with that being said, we do welcome Gatorverse athlete and gymnast Leah Clapper to the show. Leah, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining uh, the show today. Leah, how obviously great season thus far uh, for the Florida Gators gymnastics program. But tell me, how are you guys feeling going into the postseason here? We're feeling great. We've been putting in a ton of work this whole season and, of course, preseason as well. We've had quite a bit of practice out there competing this season, and we're ready to take all the lessons we've learned every week and put up the best fight we can throughout postseason, and I think it's going to be a great one. Leah, what was it like um... – uh, not last Friday, two Fridays ago, I think, for senior day. Um, the crowd looked like they kind of stayed around and, and uh, as you guys were taking pictures with parents and, and family, and uh, I'm sure that's emotional, uh, you being a graduate student, Trinity being a super senior as well, and, and just uh, the team and, and you girls have been around each other so much between practice throughout the years. What was it like just to uh, win that meet and then and then be able to be with each other and be with your families there with with fans still there cheering for you senior night last week was definitely a super special night i mean it's very bittersweet because we've had so many amazing experiences in the o-dome i'm 
so incredibly grateful for my five years here as a Florida Gator. And I think it all hit us that, hey, this is the last time we get to experience Gator Nation in full force rooting for us in the O-Dome. I personally got more emotional when we ran out into the crowd at the beginning of the meet because that is one of my favorite parts of the night when the lights go down and everybody has their phone flashlights up and they're like here comes the gators and we run out and everybody is yelling and it's just a crazy feeling every time i can't wipe the smile off my face and i have this moment of i can't believe i get to be here doing this with these nearly ten thousand supporters right here in the arena rooting us on and as soon as the lights come on, you know, it's go time. It's all right. Now we got to do some flips and support each other. And I got a little bit of that emotional piece out of the way at the beginning. And then we won the SEC regular season championship for the fifth year in a row that night, which honestly blows my mind. It doesn't, though, because we put in the work. And uh, I mean, not to... To our own horn or anything, but to, Gator to Gymnastics to is uh, <laughs> pretty good. And, uh, you know, just seeing that legacy that our class has gotten to be a part of, winning the first regular season championship five years ago and then continuing that trend our entire Gator careers is uh, such a blessing and so much fun it's one of those moments where you look back and you're like wow we really did that and just the teamwork and the dynamics of our team and the commitment that everybody has put in over the years this year you know nothing less than any other year beforehand if not more determination and excitement for the gators so it was definitely a special night for sure Give us your backstory a little bit, and then I want to get into some of the things that you're doing with NIL. How did you decide to, to attend the University of Florida? Touch us a little bit about your career leading up to that point, obviously given the opportunity to, to compete at the University of Florida. I had a bit of a whirlwind recruiting journey, and I'll spare you the whole story, but I ended up switching my commitment to University of Florida my junior year of high school. I had always seen UF as one of my dream schools growing up in the gym in middle school, seeing UF win three in a row national championships. I was like any other gymnast in the country who really looked up to those athletes and wanted to be out there on the college gymnastics floor and knowing that UF was such an amazing school and had such an amazing gymnastics program and athletics in general. I put them at the top of my recruiting list and actually found out that the scholarships were full right after my eighth grade year. And I had 40 other schools on my list. So I moved on to the next and kept looking for a place for me, but things changed. I was a level 10 gymnast starting in my eighth grade year and decided I wanted to go to be an elite gymnast and train elite, which is kind of the highest level that's out there. For non-gymnastics fans, that's the level that you have to be at to be an Olympian. I was very far from going to the Olympics, but that's the best way to explain it. And that was something that I had dreamed of doing since I was really young. And still to this day, one of my proudest accomplishments of my life that I actually did qualify as an elite gymnast and competed elite for a couple of years. And that is definitely 
one of the things that caught the coaches here at Florida's eye when I started getting better in the gym and competing well at the elite meets and got recruited during my junior year. I took a visit down here during spring break and committed the next day. I just fell in love with the campus and the overall family vibes here at UF. And it still boggles my mind how different my life would be if I was at a different school. I think I've had so many opportunities from in school to in gymnastics to NIL and other entrepreneurial ventures that I've been working on while here at UF that, you know, I feel like I've really grown into a different person from when I got here. And I'm really proud of um, all the things I've learned and excited to see what's next as well. Well, you're from Ann Arbor, aren't you? I am. Yes. And There's, my sister there was is no... actually... There was no Michigan pressure, you know, no maize and blue. You chose orange and blue instead of maize and blue. I did choose orange and blue, but my sister chose maize and blue because she is a freshman on the University of Michigan gymnastics team right now. Mm, sorry to hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, real, real quick, uh, what, what, who was your biggest inspiration? Uh, was there another gymnast or who was it that inspired you or motivated you to, to um, if, there, if there was anyone? I think I'm the type of person that can really find inspiration in anybody. I didn't necessarily have one idol growing up in the gym. I always loved watching the elite gymnastics competitions and the Olympics and comparing what I could do with what they were doing and really just trying to see myself in their shoes when I got a little bit older and better in the gym and just seeing people that were better than me, whether it was in my own gym, the athletes that were a couple years older or a couple levels higher, just looking up to them and looking up to people I was seeing on TV, having those role models definitely showed me that there's an awesome path to take in gymnastics and motivated me to see how much better I could be and start reaching for higher heights. And on top of that, my family, just they're incredible and they inspire me in all sorts of different ways. And I'm so thankful for all the support they've given me over the years, especially my parents and my sister, who I had the great blessing to train with her for many years at my club gymnastics gym in Michigan. So we're definitely bonded over gymnastics. And it's really cool that we both get to experience NCAA gymnastics now. That's awesome. Leah, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Gatorverse and about some of the things that you're doing with NIL. Before we do that, always want to plug the Gatorverse on this show. Go visit them, Gatorverse.io. And something really cool that they're doing with the gymnastics program is that any purchase at Gatorverse.io for a gymnast card will gain you admission into the Balance 180 program on March 25th, where they'll learn the training secrets, train on some floor exercises, and meet the squad. Uh, there's also going to be a virtual meet and greet for those unable to attend uh, the trip up the Gainesville. So go visit the Gatorverse.io. Uh, Leo, how do we talk get you? How do we get you on the floor? Hmm. That's a great question, Nick. Um, what do you mean? I, I by might that? as well give it a shot. You know, I, I want to see. Um, I want to see. I want to see Dan. Dan I want to see Dan develop a floor routine. You can dance yeah. a little bit. Uh <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, he is no. quite the dancer. Yeah, I am. I am a dancer, a uh, big dancer. I have never tried a backhand spring. I've never really tried to to bounce or, or to move around. But yeah, I feel like my dance moves are there. If I can figure out the gymnastics part of a of a floor routine, I, I think you know some perfect tens across the board. Oh, I, I think it's more more of a comedy routine than a than a floor routine for, for us at least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, if, <laughs> yeah. how about this? If if 20 people buy Gatorverse uh, cards for the gymnastics program, I will go up on March 25th and learn how to do a floor routine. Might not be good. Might come back paralyzed, but you know, it was worth content. it to help the athletes, right? And uh, give me the but, Stadium oh, and Gale I card. I'm buying 20. <laughs> I think you're going to have to do the floor routine if you're only setting the number at 20. Yeah, right, I'm telling you what, 20, if you, if we can find 20 people, I'll go up on March 25th and I'll go, uh, I'll put on my best leotard and we'll bounce around. How about that? No, no leotard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leah, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Gatorverse and then NIL with you. Obviously you were at the university of Florida as NIL got rolled out, but what kind of opportunities have that, has that brought to you guys uh, as a, as a gymnastics program? I really feel like NIL has changed the trajectory of my career for sure and opened up so many professional experiences that I wouldn't have had if it weren't for NIL. And I've done a lot of things in the NIL space. I saw it as an amazing opportunity I really wanted to take advantage of. And so I dove in right away. One of the main things that I've been doing is content creation for different brands. A lot of the things that I do for companies, I do on my own. So I'm creating social media advertisements for them and posting them on my Instagram or TikTok. And I love doing that kind of stuff. I've enjoyed making videos since I was in the elementary school. So it feels very much like a strong suit, but also something that I genuinely look forward to creating on a weekly basis. And one thing that's really cool about the Gatorverse, which I know we want to talk a little bit about that today, is it's a little bit more team aspect. So a lot of the brand deals that I've done through NIL have been individual, but this, we get to work together as a team to create something really awesome. And I'm excited to do the gymnastics clinic at the local gym for sure, because connecting with young fans and young gymnasts is so meaningful to me and that's something that I've tried to bring into NIL a lot for sure and one of the main ways that I've done that is by launching a gymnastics board game which I teamed up with my former club gymnastics coach last fall to launch the first ever gymnastics board game which was so much fun and getting to spread smiles to hundreds if not thousands of gymnasts across the country was extremely rewarding and it was just really cool that I could now use my status as a Gator gymnast to market that. And that's not something I would have been able to do before the NIL regulations changed. So I'm just really thankful for all of the things that I've gotten to do uh, in the NIL space. I've got some other businesses um, coming up that I'm working on, but it's been great. And yeah, the next thing on the agenda is posting my Gatorverse video that I created and uh, looking forward to that upcoming gymnastics clinic for sure. Leah, top top gymnast in the in the United States here. You have an NIL company called NIL Island. 
You're working on what I believe is your second master's degree. It uh, looks like you might have even been a teacher's assistant uh, for one of the NIL classes at UF. How do you balance all of this and, and where do you get your, your inspiration and, and drive in, in the NIL space? That's a wonderful question. And uh, I don't think that balance is necessarily the right word because there's always a lot going on. And I think the way that I do it all is by choosing to do things that fill me up with energy. And I know that if something excites me that I'm going to put my full effort into it and go after it. And I can always stop doing things or set boundaries, say no later. But a theme of my college gymnastics career has been trying to take advantage of all the opportunities that are presented to me that really align with who I am and my values. And I've just gotten to do so many things while here at UF, which has been, I feel like, really setting me up for success, which is very exciting. And the other thing I will say is... I'm a person that hates sitting still. I do not like to relax. And I've realized recently that, you know, I need to rest my mind and I need to rest my body, of course. But those things don't happen at the same time for me. So going inside the gym and moving my body, getting all my physical energy out is one of my favorite things in the world. I just love flipping around. And mm. I really quiet my mind from everything else that's happening outside of gymnastics while I'm at practice 90% of the time. And that helps me be able to really focus all my mental energy on school and other projects that I'm doing, including NIL Island outside of the gym. And I'm resting my body, but I allow my mind to, you know, do creative pursuits and go after things I'm interested in. Man, Lord, like you got me excited. I don't know why, but uh, a lot of big lingo there. Uh, what, what, I'm a big music guy, and my favorite part of gymnastic is the floor routine. We talked about Dan's uh, uh, routine that we're going to do in the future here. What goes into your music decisions uh, when creating your floor routine? Oh, that's a fabulous question. <laughs> I've always struggled to find floor music across the years because you just want it to be perfect you want it to fit you you want to be able to dance naturally to it and you want it to also hype up the crowd and so it's a big decision at the beginning of every year and one that's so exciting but one thing that has really helped me in the past couple of years find the perfect music is i just have an ongoing spotify playlist all year long so whenever something comes up and i'm like Ooh, I get the urge to dance to it or think about, yeah. oh, this would be a cool beat before a tumbling pass or anything that feels like it would be a good floor tee. I just stick it at my floor music ideas playlist. And then by the time it rolls around to pick new music for my next year's routine, I've got this whole playlist of ideas and I choose my favorites and I work with our incredible choreographer, Jeremy James Miranda, who also does the mixes for our Florentine music and he's amazing. And he'll really take the vision that I have in my mind for my music and piece it together into something amazing that builds for the tumbling passes and allows time for dance. And then we work together in a sprint session at the gym for about three hours choreographing the routine at the beginning of the year. 
And, and uh, does he also help to figure out when your gator chomp comes into your routine? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm always trying to find some climax point of like a big like boom or something where the chomp can fit, and then we pick a location and you know stick it in there. That's that's my favorite part. And bringing it back to you know just the sport of Gator Nation, I think that moment of doing a chomp on the floor in the O-Dome with everybody in the arena doing it with you is just, it's indescribable and uh, moments that I will cherish forever. We have a question from somebody that's watching along from Brandon Connell said, who's the best dancer on the team? Oh my goodness. That's a really good question. Nobody in particular is necessarily coming up to my mind because everybody has their own style. And some of us are super elegant and dancey like Leanne and Riley and others are more hip hoppy and fun like Sloan. And some of us are in between like myself, I would say I have kind of a jazzy sharp style. Everybody I think does a really good job performing their routines in the way that feels right and most natural to them and that's something that we work really hard on with our choreographer because performance is a huge aspect of it like you might think all of the scoring comes from the tumbling passes and how they look but gymnastics is a subjective sport and the judge is definitely taking into consideration the artistry and just the feelings that you evoke in the judges and the crowd while you're performing your routine on the floor and the beam too i mean there's dance over there as well. It's just a little different. Let's that's see. A, that's a, a dance that I would definitely fall down. I would, I'm not a great dancer to begin with, but there's definitely, yeah. for me, no dancing on the beam. Uh, we're up there trying to survive, uh, just trying yeah. to stand. Yeah, that, that's that's something that I'm, I'm going to probably have to leave the uh, the dancing at home for. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Matt. I can't wait to see my, uh, my floor routine as well. Uh, but, uh, Leah, before we get you on the show, we spent a, a good portion of the morning show talking about – Anthony Richardson here. So we're going to have you and your experience uh, as a, an elite gymnast judge Anthony Richardson here. It looks like there might be a little bit of a backhand spring. There's a backflip, but I need you to give, we we have to consider all the the pieces of it, right? The technical pieces of it too, not just how cool it looks. He's injured. Uh, Anthony Richardson giving a, uh, his, uh, his backflip before the game. So we're going to play it here. And then you just got to give us a score. Look at this. Hamstring. What do we give that? Okay. Well, I do have to give him some props for amplitude because he is on hard turf and definitely went really high. I would say the hurdle was a little bit funky. It wasn't gymnastics technique for sure. If he had grown up in the gym, that is not how it would look, but it definitely worked for him. So he made it work. I'm not going to take any deductions for that. I think the biggest deduction would be the landing. He took about Mm. six or seven or eight steps back. He he really went running. He did not stick it. So that'll cost him a little bit. But I'll give him – I have to take like about a tenth of a deduction for each step because those are the gymnastics rules. But otherwise – add any for doing it with a helmet on? So I would personally love to add some – point for doing it with football pads and helmet on because that is extremely tough and definitely blocks your line of sight so it would be really difficult to find the landing when you can't even see in every 
um, peripheral vision area. So I guess, you know, in gymnastics, they never give you points back. They only take away, (laughs) but in this case, I'll I'll give them a few back and I'll give them a nine, seven out of 10. I think it was, it was pretty impressive. And I love that. Dan Mullen gave him about a seven. (laughs) Wasn't, Wasn't impressed at all. (laughs) <laughs> oh man well leah thank you so much uh go ahead and plug social media go ahead and plug anything else that you want before we get you off the show today and thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning well thank you so much for having me on you can pretty much find everything on my instagram at leah clapper spelled just like my name i'm at leah clapper on tiktok and twitter as well i'm pretty active on tiktok posting videos on a regular basis and then if anybody is interested in checking out nil island for any reason it is nilisland.com. i love it well again leah thank you so much for joining us this morning best of luck going into the postseason and congratulations on all your success and i would imagine continued success as well thank you leah thank you so much thanks a lot we'll see you soon leah clapper with the UF gymnastics program. Again, go check them out on the gatorverse.io. And if you do buy any gymnast card on the Gatorverse, you will be uh, able to attend their March 25th event that they're having in Gainesville. If you are unable to attend again, they will be doing it virtually gatorverse.io gentlemen nearing the end of the show. uh, Listen, real, Real quick, Dan. Yeah. Stadium and Gale fans, community, family, mm-hmm. we need you to buy those those cards. Yeah, we gotta see um, Dan's routine, man. We need you to buy those cards. Y'all gotta see how um, my dog give it up, man. The content of twenty cards with Dan on the floor. Come on, man. It's too good it's, to pass. That's up. that's some elite content for the you fans. You're supporting you're supporting the Florida Gator athletes, and you're also supporting yourself. Because Great vibe. The content of Dan <laughs> yeah. on the floor. Not in a leotard. Dan, please. Um, we promise you Dan will not right. be in a leotard. Buy the card. Yeah, that's going to be There will be no leotard for Dan. 50 per is no leotard. 20, ah, 21 to 40 or 20 to 49, full leotard. You need that on your uh, – you guys need this on your crypto wallet. Yeah. Trust me. Again, Gatorverse.io. want to plug a few other things before we get out. Um, the University of Florida had – an event called stay in the game, which is a career exposure night for female athletes at the university of Florida. Uh, seemed like a really cool event. A lot of panelists, a lot of ways and a lot of opportunities uh, for UF uh, women's student athletes to, to learn more about uh, the professional world uh, post college uh, seemed like a really good event. Um, this is their, uh, I believe their, their third annual. So again, a really cool event uh, that the university of Florida put on. And then finally it's our mean tweets segment last week, Nick, you had the opportunity uh, to break down a tweet, uh, and then this week comes from a picture that we posted uh, from the baseball game. Again, a great, great night uh, in Gainesville on Friday. Um, so we want to shout out uh, Luisma Pavia from from uh, Frijales, Puerto Rico. So uh, many miles away from Gainesville, Luis responded to this here photograph right here. Great photo of all of us. A beautiful <laughs> night in Gainesville, as you can tell, an Gorgeous open night, air man. stadium, um, yep. probably in the high 60s. Great weather. Uh, 
Luisma responded, did not know Condren Park had a dome. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Love you guys still. Um, that's just an elite joke right there. Um, that's a great joke. You man. know, uh, joke traveled head. a long ways. Yeah, traveled a long way. I love Puerto Rico. One of my favorite vacations was to Puerto Rico. Great spot. Uh, but yes, uh, I do have a very large head. I have a receding hairline, and even the way I style my hair pulls it back even more. Uh, so I was proud to provide the dome for Friday night's game. Could have used you there Saturday, Park. Dan. Could have used you there Saturday. What? Needed a dome to keep the rain away on Saturday. Oh, uh, somebody called him Head Flintstone, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think lion's here it's all your fault number nine no we had a great time uh shout out lion uh for um for all your help with uh some of the visual stuff that we're going to be putting out but it was all number nine's fault that miami lost on friday uh gentlemen before we get out of here any final thoughts words topics of conversation Nah, man. Shout out to everybody that's pulling up to the live shows. We appreciate all the love and energy. Uh, we'll get Castleton back on. But great show. Great content. Uh, same corner, same time, man. That's, that's it. Yeah, and a couple weeks in a row uh, where we're going, you know, giving some double double shows. We'll have right. uh, Big Dexter on Thursday. Um, and if you're here, like, Friday. subscribe, hit the bell, mm -hmm. get a notification every time the live show happens. Uh, if you're enjoying the live shows, you, you won't miss one. Hit that bell. Absolutely. Yeah, we hanging out with Big Dex on Thursday. Y'all pull up 2 p.m. sharp, man. We hanging out heavy. My dog had a big draft weekend. He's been – we watched this kid kind of just like – that's it's fun. I love this. This is what I love about this. Right? We watched Gervon go from his junior year in high school when I met mm -hmm. him all the way to the NFL draft, uh, and it's just full circle watching these kids' dreams come true. I remember my wife seeing him for the first time at a, at a Friday Night Lights camp, and she said, that's a kid? And yeah, that's, that's a kid. Uh, now he's a grown man going to do some grown folks things, man. So Thursday, y'all pull up. Yep. No, we were there uh, for Friday Night Lights. It was me, uh, Silk, and Ahmad were there. Uh, big uh, Big Gervon was there uh, going into his senior year. Uh, shout out to Nelly. He gave us the opportunity to go up and, and meet him uh, by the by the club seats up there. Got to shake his hands. Got to you know, learn a lot about uh, Big Gerv. Just a super nice, just down to earth guy. Uh, came into the University of Florida with high expectations. Five star guy. Uh, was double teamed a lot this season. I know some people are wondering where he went and everything else, but that's a, a tough job that he played. Uh, did a good job for the University of Florida. Now he's going to go get paid. Uh, looks like maybe a, a second, third round guy is going to get an opportunity to go to the NFL and make himself a lot of money. Uh, so shout out to him. Really looking forward to that. Next week, we have former All-American Jason Odom uh, and father of uh, UF tight end. And we also will get Comcastleton back next week as well. Big off-season of content, as you always expect from us. We always try to hold uh, some of our best interviews for the off-season to give you guys continuous content. But we are going to continue to put out a bunch of other ancillary shows beyond just the main one that drops on Tuesday mornings and Friday or Mondays here on YouTube. So again, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, turn those notifications on. It helps. Comment. Do all of that fun stuff. Uh, if you're not following us on YouTube, it's just youtube.com slash at stadium and Gale. With that being said, I think I have the song of the week. Uh, I think I'm going to go into uh, to my EDM bag here a little bit. Uh, and mm. uh, we're going to play John Summit 
Where Are You? New song with Hala that just came out. Uh, so, gentlemen, we will see you guys on Thursday at 2 p.m. Other than that, same corner, same time. Do you dream alone?